Tupac of my generation. Young black nigga trapped and he can't change it. Know your genius, he just can't claim it. Cause they left him no platforms to explain it. He frustrated so he get faded. But deep down inside, he know you can't fade him. He made baby. All right, if I ain't love, I ain't with it. Don't leave it, nigga, on if you really don't feel it. Tired of the fake head, nigga, wanna shake it, nigga, hand. If it's up, then, nigga, we can get it. Tired of the fake head, love, I be getting. Tired of the hate, man, clothes, I be hitting. They don't wanna give a nigga credit, I be giving. I be crying to myself, they don't know what I be doing. When I fall back, they gon' think a nigga trippin'. When a nigga mad, they gon' think a nigga flippin'. Home me no home, I just gotta keep my distance. I advance to my daughter, she the only one to listen. Everybody tries, I ain't hooked in a minute Brothers locked up, I ain't thugged in a minute Inside's black, I ain't loved in a minute Brother died on a nigga smoking wool like a chimney Pain in my eyes, nigga seeing bloody when it comes to the mainstream media and hip-hop Everyone knows the circumstances that surround these Recently, there's been an increase in the violence inside of rap What used to be a once-in-a-blue-moon yearly thing has turned into a monthly event. The question that everyone is asking is who is to blame for the violence inside of the rap community? Is it the people who hire them? Is it the people in charge of promoting the rap? Who is at fault? Regardless of who is behind the mic spewing the words, they are not the one who are pushing this agenda out to the public. Do some rappers actually enjoy promoting the sex, drugs, and violence? Yes, they do. But you also need to understand that the majority of the artists out here are told what to rap about and what to say. And if any way you try to turn positive, there goes your career. You see, it's not about what's on your heart that you want to write down in your raps. It's not about what you want to rap about, but rather what actually sells in sex Drugs and violence is what sells in the community. To understand rap, you need to understand it in its entirety. What is rap? Can you give me the definition of rap? Well, I can give you the definition of rap, and I can sum it up in four words. Weapon of mass destruction. What's happening now was planned a long time ago, but to fully understand the circumstances that are surrounding us now, you need to go back in time and realize what happened way before things started kicking off in 2020 and so on. You see, there was a time that they didn't even want rap with sex, drugs, and violence inside of it. But what actually changed the minds of the people and what made them allow it into the raps today? See, you were led to believe that it was freedom of speech that allowed you to rap about whatever you wanted to rap about when in reality, it had nothing to do with it. To fully understand what's going on, how about we take it back, way back to the beginning of Gangsta Rap, and let's explain the circumstances. This is Blood on the Mic. Now, taking it way back to the pioneers of Gangsta Rap, N.W.A., the group itself, it's no secret that they were involved with a long battle with the government and they said that they wanted to censor what they had to say. Censorship has always been a problem in the United States of America and it always will be. But what was the determining factors that made them actually win their case? You see, it wasn't them 
wanted to give us freedom of speech, which allowed NWA to reign successfully, but rather the fact the influence that it had on the people. During this, protests were staged and riots happened. They realized that people were ready to stand up to the government for what they believed in. But on the other hand, the government actually saw this as the people listened to the rappers. Social influence is very important, especially if you want to control certain groups of people. You see, they realized that not only did the rappers have the potential to control the people, but they also increased the violence and drug sales that were going on in the neighborhood at that time. You see, before gangster rap actually became successful, there was actually only like one neighborhood dope boy and he took care of the entire community. After gangster rap, many people were selling drugs and violence went up. You see, rap before then was actually centered around lyrical talent and not your influence on the people. Now, if you want to hear something real funny, gangster rap did not come from the hood. I will repeat that. Gangster rap did not originate in the hood. Rappers in the hood were actually being lyrical and not rapping about drug, sex, and violence. It was the suburbs that brought gangster rap to the hood because they were the ones glorifying the neighborhood that they were living in. Here is a perfect example. We all know that N.W.A., are known as the pioneers of gangster rap. Who is responsible for writing most of N.W.A.'s first raps? Ice Cube. But what you probably didn't know is that Ice Cube was actually raised in the suburbs and he wasn't from the hood, but rather one of the people who was glorifying a lifestyle that he was not living. But while N.W.A. did have controversial music, they were not considered the first gangster rappers, but rather known as the pioneers because they rapped about it, but they didn't necessarily promote it. And that was the problem that the entertainment industry had with N.W.A. While they rapped about drug, sex, and violence, they didn't necessarily promote it the way that they wanted them to. That's when hip-hop decided to introduce Agents, yes, I said agents. Meet the first official gangster rapper, Ice T. Ice T was the first one to officially glorify drug sales and officially glorify violence. Do you really think that it was a coincidence that Ice T came out of nowhere and blew up with songs such as I'm Your Pusher Man right in the middle of the 80s crack boom revolution. Ice-T claims that he is from South Central LA when in reality, he actually attended Woodland Hills School, which is a predominantly white school, who is also responsible for the increase in drug sales, the increase in violence, the increase in broken homes, etc. Rappers were only rapping about the street life again they weren't necessarily promoting it, but after Ice-T, all of that changed. I'll tell you something else. Name me one acting role that he has played that he did not play a cop. I mean, come on, he even plays a special agent in Law & Order. Open your eyes and realize what's going on around you. During the course 
of the beginning of gangster rap. Yes, it increased violence. Yes, it increased drug sales, but it also managed to increase unity through the music because all shades of colors were actually listening. Music was allowing people outside of the African American race to take a look into the lifestyle of a black person, which in return brought empathy for the situation. But unity was not on the agenda for the entertainment industry, and they wanted to put a stop to it very fast. And how did they begin to make that happen? Well, they began to introduce to you rap beefs. Again, the social influence was having a direct effect on the people. So since rappers were all on one accord, unity is something that they did not want. So what they wanted to do was create a divide. Therefore, if rappers are divided, the people would divide amongst them. No one is a stranger to the Biggie Smalls and Tupac beef. But what a lot of people didn't know is that the East Coast, West Coast beef was totally fabricated and it was created to create division amongst the people. You see, unity is never a good thing for the powers that be. Appearances on TV would be manipulated as if people were into it when in reality they weren't. They sold you a story and America bought it. The East Coast don't love Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. The East Coast ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Death Row. Y'all don't love us. Y'all don't love us. Well, let it be known then. We'll, we know y'all East Coast. We know we at East Coast and The entertainment industry took a minor spat between former friends and they turned it into a nationwide problem. If you were caught on the East Coast and you were from the West Coast, death might be the sentence. If you were caught on the West Coast and you were from the East Coast, death might be the sentence. This brought something that the rap game had never seen before. This proved to the powers that be that they could take a social figure and actually manipulate the minds of the people into fighting each other. But you do not have to take my word for it. You can listen to it word for word out of Tupac's own mouth. This East Coast, West Coast beef was something that was manipulated and it was never real. People are really making too much out of it than it is. It's really just, if you want to talk, we're gonna make it specific as to what you can talk about and what you can't talk about. And the East Coast, West Coast thing is something that the journalists and people are making up just to get paid off it so it can drag out. So they're perpetuating it so it could be drama, which I still love MTV, but when it all go down, don't look at me and Biggie and be like, why is there a big East Coast, West Coast war when you're, you're shooting this to 30, 300 homes, 300 countries, telling them about an East Coast, West Coast war that they would never know exists. So that's where information becomes a problem. When and MTV if it did, if it, be, if it did exist, you know. if it did exist, Pac, we wouldn't be here. So right, and if it exists, you know how we gonna be sitting in New York talking? That about would it. be Pac's last TV performance. And after this, they knew that they had to play damage control, and the entertainment industry had to make something happen. Tupac had crossed the line and revealed that this East Coast, West Coast was nothing more than an image that was portrayed to you and therefore he had to go. Now shortly after this happened, we all know that Biggie also died. And what led up to the circumstances of him dying? He actually started to come out and tell people the truth. 
The truth was that him and Pac had actually scratched the beef and they were working on reconciliation. Well, when he started going around to the media telling them this, this happened. Biggie would as well lose his life. And then after death, both Tupac and Biggie would be placed on a high pedestal and marketed to the people as heroes. Now ask yourself the question, why would they glorify two people who allegedly died due to an East Coast, West Coast war? To show the people that if you live like this, you die a hero. They brought to you a story and showed you two people who allegedly died behind rap lyrics and stood on it to the day of their death, thus influencing the masses that this is how to live your life. And in all reality, some of these people don't mind dying because the truth is people do not get the proper recognition that they deserve until they are gone anyways. And you want to know something else? These record companies have actually figured out how profitable a death actually is, which brings us to present date. Why are so many rappers dying now? You see, being killed is just one part of it. It doesn't matter whether you died from a homicide or died from drugs. You died due to the rap entertainment industry. Now ask yourself the question, why do they sign drug addicts? and people with the potential to die from the streets. It's easy, how about we answer? Why invest money in someone who is either addicted to drugs, pills, alcohol, it doesn't matter. The reason why they will invest in these people is because after you are gone, they're gonna quadruple that money. This is also a system that is set up. How do you think these entertainers get the drugs in every city that they're in? They have certain people in each city called runners that are responsible for serving high entertainment people. Whatever you are on, they have that poison ready and available for you. Life is chess, not checkers. After years and years of conditioning people, it has become secondhand nature to see a hip hop artist die due to gun violence or drugs. People don't bat an eye. It's like the normal for these days. What do you think really happens to these artists after they die? And I don't mean in terms of their legacy. I mean in terms of their contracts that they're signed. And where does all this money go once they're gone? You see, they didn't always allow these street living rappers to actually have a career. Take Lil Boosie for an example. He has told you countless times they were afraid of him because he was in the streets and they figured that if they signed him, one year later he would have a toe tag. Meaning, we're not about to invest money on you if we feel like you're gonna up and die on us due to street causes. But now all of a sudden, all that's out the window and it seems like that is all that they are signing these days. The question is, why? because I guarantee you that somewhere in these contracts there is a clause that if you die, they are keeping most of the money that you are making. You see, you will be collecting check if you own your masters and things of that sort when you're alive for the projects that you have already released. But what happens after you die and they begin releasing post-mortem albums? I guarantee they're clocking in every bit of 80% of all income that they make off of that music. So yeah, it seems very profitable. Let's take this young kid. We know he's in the streets. We know he has the potential to die behind street business. So let's go ahead and put him in a studio, pump out a million songs, and then when something happens to him, 
will profit quadruple times over. And once you're gone, people will move on to more artists. People will mourn more artists. And the dollars keep trickling in. They'll bring you up on your birthday. Here comes a surprise song. They'll bring you up around anniversary of your first album release date. Here comes another song. And they will continue to milk this until there is no more money to be made. People in the rap industry are being used right now. It's time to stop letting them treat us like guinea pigs and start moving way different. So let me be the one to scream into the rooftops. There is nothing wrong with moving out of your city if it is for safety purposes. There is nothing wrong from walking away from a situation. Stop letting these titles such as bitch and snitch that the media likes to force down your throat alter the way that you live your life. Once you are gone, you are gone. There is no coming back from that. Yes, you will leave a legacy. Yes, people will remember you. But are you here? That's what matters. There is blood on the microphones of rappers in America. And it's the entertainment industry's fault. It's time to change the way that we handle the entertainment industry. They created a division. But we can always bring back unity. If everyone stands on one accord, we can change these rap lyrics and what they like to force down our throat. It's time to stop standing by watching young men die tragic deaths and become nothing more than a statistic. That don't impress me none.